Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cricket Ultras. This is Arun Sulaiman. I have a vague feeling this is our 20th episode, um, in which case <laughs> it's a special one. I'll find out now it's 19. But anyway, we're, well, this is a special episode because we're actually, we have two guests, two guests, two people, two co-hosts. <laughs> this has already started Three brilliantly. People. Three people. <laughs> uh, so Darren Burns, as always, many listeners will know well, and then returning Toby Derman from Dow Jones, and we're all in the same place which is um, uh, something of a turn-up for the record books. Darren Toby, welcome. Hi, thank you. Glad to be here on your auspicious 20th knock. It's a pleasure. I hope it's our 20th knock. Yeah. It'd be great if it is. It's great to be all together, just so we can actually see each other when we talk. I know. Nice. It's, it's amazing. Maybe we'll interrupt each, each other less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe not. <laughs> okay, so we have a few things to go through today, because, um, of course, there's a, there's a big cricket summer... Uh, underway, uh, particularly in the, in the sort of northern western hemisphere, uh, and the, the big story, I guess, uh, England travelled to Edinburgh to play Scotland in what was billed as Scotland's biggest ever one-day international, uh, and were beaten and beaten, I would say, reasonably comprehensively. Uh, a, a strong Scottish performance. Scotland did very well, of course, in, in the World Cup qualifier earlier this year, and were. I think hard done by not to not to actually make it into the World Cup because they've they've reduced the number of teams. Indeed. Um, Toby, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to you first. How, you mm. were in England this weekend. I was. Uh, how badly <laughs> did the Poms <laughs> take this latest sporting humiliation? Why well, would you call it a Pom? Yeah, I mean I'll I take that. Heard an Indian call it. <laughs> I did it in, in your honour. Thank you. Sledging already, I see. Okay, so look, I mean, the first things first, uh, great performance from Scotland. I think you have to take your hat off to them. I, I don't think I, I saw a quote from, from Callum McLeod, I think it was, who, who was one of the heroes, the batting heroes from mm. the Scots. Yeah. So he'd never seen a pitch invasion in Scotland at a cricket match. There was a, yeah. there was a guy on the pitch kissing him, clearly had iron <laughs> brew for blood, this bloke, top off. Braveheart um, stuff. Yeah, it was good, the Braveheart stuff. So was I think- Where he killed? <laughs> no, but he was certainly topless, which was shocking uh, uh, in, in a Scottish summer. So, well, so it was the, probably <laughs> snowing anyway, right? <laughs> Close to. Uh, look, 371 for five is a big total. I think if England chased that down, I believe that would have been the second highest ODI chase in history. It would have been England's um, um, most yeah, successful. Yeah, which yeah. they were six runs of I mean, whatever. I mean, the, the, the headline is England lost. I think a bit of context is probably important. I think Scotland batted beautifully. England's bowling was, was limp. Again, mm. I think some of the problems they have with their bowling attack mm. transcend ODIs to the test arena. When it's a flat, unresponsive wicket, there doesn't appear to be any variety or, or penetration. So I think there yeah. were question marks over the bowling attack. Uh, the batting was fairly shambolic in the middle order. There was a run out, uh, Hales running Root out, for example. Johnny Bairstow hit some uh, some lusty runs. So yeah. I third, think third first in a row, yeah. Is that the first English player or first player to score three? I think first certainly English first English player, player to score three. three one day international centuries in a row. Yeah. yeah. So look, I think overall, look, England have lost to the Netherlands at Lords, for example. Australia obviously lost to Bangladesh at Cardiff. These things happen. I don't think alarm bells will be ringing just yet, but it's a it's not great prep for yeah, Australia. They've also lost to Ireland, Netherlands twice. They've lost to Ireland twice. So it's it's happened before. I don't think anybody's yeah. um, pulling the uh, pulling the uh, the alarm just yet, but um, not ideal prep. Let's be very honest. It's great for the game. It's great to see an underdog team win in an associate mm. nation. We've beat a full sort of test playing nation. It's awesome to see it. Mm. Um, I was I watched I think the first dig on on TV. Unfortunately, I didn't watch it all the way through. But what, what impressed me a lot is the commentators kept sort of preempting a, a, 
collapse from the Scottish batting, it never happened. Mm. They kept saying, loser, we could hear they'll fall in a club. And I think NASA her saying was on comms that it was kind of wishful thinking, it never really happened. And I think McLeod really stood up there and really did some battering of that, that English attack. And I think you're right. It, it gives you hope as an Australian coming into this kind of next series against England, right? Um, I think their batting is still very strong, the English team, but I think the bowling too is a bit up and down and a bit flat if there's not a seeming wicket or, or a spinning pitch. So let's yeah. see what happens. I think it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, England looked, the bowling did look one dimensional. They were missing Ben Stokes, of yeah. course. Uh, but other than that, I'm not sure that, you know, who else would have made that much of a difference it, to the England bowling attack. I think they were surprised when Willie was bowling that the, the ball wasn't swinging. I thought mm. they thought the ball would swing and it just didn't, right? Yeah. And so they didn't seem to have a, a plan B. It was like, yeah. they're going to swing these guys out early up, get a few wickets. And it seemed that there wasn't really a plan B later. They sort of bowled pretty straight with the wicket. There wasn't much deviation. wasn't wasn't much variety, I thought, either. either. No. And you look at the options. So just just, just to back up slightly, the Grange Club, where the, uh, the, the match took place in Edinburgh, mm. pretty short boundary, so it was always going to be yeah, quite a run-fest anyway. Well, really, yeah. yeah, a good biffing going yeah, no, on. Yeah, I was bit. watching the, the, the was match kind of, with my wife, and, and she was kind of aghast that an international fixture, fixture was being played. On a ground of such limited Well, it's the same for both teams, though, right? Yeah, it's not absolutely. Right. So well, anyone who's familiar with cricket, I don't right, think it's a short boundary. So bat an island at this yeah. type of a ground. It was nice to see the ball going in the river a few times, or where out the yeah. ground, which doesn't happen quite so often. But look, if, you look, if you look at the the, uh, the the English bowling options beyond what was on show, I think you know I can't remember if Wokes is playing. I mean, obviously Stokes had pulled out. Um, mm. Looking around the county grounds, the Overton brothers are back in the wickets a bit, but there's nobody that's going to bowl express like the, the triple battery that Australia are lucky to call upon on a test level. We'll get mm. to them later. Mm. Um, there really isn't that express pace. Mark Wood's been mercurial since his injuries. Uh, Stokes yeah. is your kind of uh, battering ram a la Flintoff, but he's again uh, broken down a couple of times. So there's not much for you to, to call upon if you're a selector that's yeah. going to change the game. And I thought the spinning department, again, knowing looked innocuous. And Rashid is now a white ball specialist. Again, was containing, but he was still batted for quite a few runs and got a couple of wickets. So yeah. not exactly stellar. Yeah, on a flat deck, you can't, you're not going to. You can't really expect a lot from Moeen, at least. I mean, Moeen was probably the pick of the bowlers in many ways. Yeah, he was, he, would, he was quite cheap, and that's probably saying a lot. Mm. Um, I think Wokes was actually out. Uh, Plunkett looked. Oh, so, yeah, uh, Plunkett's been around that. Every time I, I was, I kind of turned my attention to the screen. It was. Plunkett being swept by Callum McLeod, who really did sweep England to distraction. Yeah. Um, the other story here, of course, is the fact that Scotland won't be in the World Cup, uh, yeah. despite uh, the fact that they have beaten the, the number one uh, one-day ranked side. So does anyone want to uh, to talk about what that says about the ICC? I mean, I, I actually don't think we should necessarily blame the ICC so much, because it's not really the ICC's fault. It's, it's the member boards, I think, who want to maximise the number of matches they get at the World Cup uh, and not have to play these so-called minnows for whom apparently the TV rights don't sell for as much. Yeah, I, th I think it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I mean, I think in the next World Cup, each team will play each other once, right? There won't be any pools, as far as I understand. Yes, that's right. Which to me just sounds ridiculous. I mean, every World Cup, whether it's rugby, football, you have pools of, play of teams, right? So why wouldn't you go, instead of 10, you go to, they had 14 last time, which is a weird number. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't you go to 16? Yeah. I think 16 pools of four teams in each pool, right? You do it that way. Um, this whole idea of everyone having to play each other is not a very good spectacle, and I think it brings in a lot more of the um, associates, because if you want to grow the game, you've got to grow the associate crowd as well, right? Not just the existing crowd. So, so it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. Um, hopefully they can see this 
you've got a lot of good wins now with Scotland, Afghanistan, you know, a lot of countries yeah. in the fringes, yeah, winning games and going close, Kenya going close in some of those games. Yeah. So it's good if, if they can expand it, right? So it needs to be a world game. So concentrating it seems to be totally not the right thing to do me. No, I yeah. agree. And, and I think the Scots will be looking at Ireland particularly as a, as a kind of this is the direction we want to go. The, the, their Kiwi coach uh, was saying we need more investment to, to repeat these sorts of feats. So I think for the, for the Scottish um, yeah. team, this is a really sort of totemic win for them and, and hopefully yeah. a springboard to bigger things. But the reality is, will they get the backing and will this be a flash in the pan? And I think it would be great to see Scotland grow in a la Ireland. Just playing Tri-Nations T20s or one-day cricket must be would be a great idea, right? I mean, yeah. England, Ireland, Scotland, you've got competitive teams now that anybody can win. So it seems like a no brainer for marketing as well, right? Yep. Yep. No, I think it's a really good, good thing. So let, let's see. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I'd say is I think um, whilst it's, it's really unfortunate Scotland won't be in the World Cup, the fact that they beat England suggests that whatever the ICC is doing mm-hmm. with its development money, and they do spend a lot of money around the world, is paying off um, to an extent. Because you're sure. seeing Ireland doing well, seen Scotland being able, you know, to be England. Uh, did you just praise the ICC? I, well, I do think <laughs> when it comes to their development money around the world, they do, they do pretty New well. Newsflash in our 20th, 20th episode. Yeah, I'd praise the ICC. What I wouldn't do is praise the member boards who, who make up, in particularly okay. the, the more powerful I like the caveat there. member okay. boards. Because I think the, whoever runs the, you know, the ICC development program, uh, we have Afghanistan, we'll talk about okay. later playing their first test match. Um, so these countries are improving. Um, that's only good for the world game. I don't understand why um, they can't be in the World Cup and why we can't, you know, actually kind of really have them at the top table. Yep. Um, but well done to Scotland. Uh, Pakistan uh, travelled up yesterday and, and beat Scotland in, in their first 2020. Um, so I don't know if either of you know much about that match, but it was. It you just like saw the scorecard. Was it a 46 yeah. run victory? Yeah, it seemed like a pretty uh, routine win. Safraz Ahmed, the captain. Mm. Um, Scored 89 of 49 balls, um, and Scotland subsided and only got to 156. Uh, England, of course, now will play five, is it five one-day matches? Yeah. And one 2020 against Australia. It is the, the, the redemption tour for Australia, it's Dan. <laughs> and and the two going. teams are going to have handshakes before the match, which will solve everything. I will solve everything. Genteel handshakes and hugs before the game and after the game as well. Um, so it's interesting, isn't it? I, th- I think that that loss to, as I mentioned, to Scott, to, you know, England losing to Scotland has given them a bit of hope, I think. Mm. But let's be honest, the expectations are very low on this tour. Um, they're without their main strike bowlers, the fast bowlers. Um, it's a real mixed bag in that batting lineup, it seems. They're throwing people around all over the place. I think Justin Lang is not really sure what his best squad is, but they see this as a build up to the World Cup next year. So. I think expectations are low as they've ever been. So mm. everyone's expecting a 5 0 whitewash or 4 1. So oh, if they're winning a couple of games, great for them. But I think people are not expecting too much. Mm. Uh, I just can't wait to see what the crowd does. So yeah, that would be well, interesting. Well, I, mean, I heard, and I quote, if you love sandpaper, clap your hands, which was yeah, uh, going around at, the, at Hove, I think. Yeah. yeah, Darren actually sang that. Really? Quite genteel, wasn't it really? It's all very English, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> so if that's as bad as it gets for the Australian team, I, I, I guess that they'll worse. live with that. But yeah. even for me, when I play in, um, you know, I'm still getting sandpaper jokes when I play in Shanghai. It's oh, like, really? Darren, you've got the sandpaper man? <laughs> right? Like, we still get those jokes, right? It's getting wow. annoying. And I think in his press conference yesterday, uh, you know, Tim Payne was basically said, look, we've answered these questions about the sandpaper thing. We've answered them because of us. So you stop asking about it. You know, let's ask about the cricket. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think you can only answer the same question, you know. What so more is there to say? Right, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's happened, move on, right? So again, I guess the cricket will do the talking. Um, interesting squad they brought over with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen a couple of glimpses there. We saw Marcus Stoinis, who I think is a really ex- interesting player, especially in one-day cricket. Um, yeah. He hasn't really found his place in T20 or Test cricket or, or Red Bull, but in one-day cricket, he's really taken t- taken to it. Um, and of course, you saw Travis Head knock up 100 the other day as well. So, And he's going to open, Travis Head? Again, they, they're moving these... I think they've tried Glenn Maxwell before as opener. They, they're moving these players around. I, I assume that Head will open with Finch. Mm. It seems they're, they're not going to bring in Darcy Short. I think he's Which is a shame, there. I think. Yeah. yeah. He'll, I mean, play, he'll play the T20s, I think, for sure. Right. So and then, and then so we know most of the batsmen in this Australian. Do team. you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Darcy Short is un, is uncapped, but I think most of most people should know him by now. By his failure in the, in the uh, IPL. Yeah, so he didn't have the best IPL. Neither did Ben Maxwell. That's true. Going through a very bean patch. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex Carey, not entirely sure who he is. I'm not sure if he'll play though. Either. So Alex Carey will probably play in the T20s. Um, mm-hmm. He's a great batsman. Opens a batting in the big bash. Uh, and it's a keeper as well, so he'll probably play in the. I imagine he'll play in the T20, and not the uh, not the one day squad. Okay. Um, but what about these bowlers? There's there's a number of bowlers here who are probably um, not that well known. There's two Richardsons, yes. Kane and Jai, who are yeah. not related. They're not related. What can you tell us about them, Darren? Well, have you seen Jai Richardson bowl? He's quite sharp. He reminds yeah. me of Jofra Archer a little bit. <laughs> okay. Sort of in that vicinity. He's quite young. He's 19. Quite slightly built. Mm. It's always amazing when you see slightly built guys who are like sort of 5'10 and they come in and they bowl these on a and you go, holy shit, where did that come from, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And he's quite sharp. He's a good fielder, very enthusiastic young guy. Uh, people have big tickets on him. I think he'll do pretty well. Um, I think uh, the other Richardson, Kane, mm. um, he's been around for quite a while. You know, he bowls his slower balls. He's, I think he's more of a journeyman. I think he's a solid player. Nothing uh, amazing. But of course, you have Andrew Ty, yeah. who was sensational in the IPL as well. He has so many different deliveries that I think he probably has 20 or 30 different balls that he bowls. He bowls his knuckleballs that swing both ways and really is quite difficult to get away. Um, but in one day cricket, I worry he's a little bit samey. He's great in T20 when you only have four overs. But when you have 10 overs to bowl, he needs to do usually a few seam up mm-hmm. um, in the beginning and then he sort of mixes it up later on. But he's a very good bowler. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously quite light on in the bowling. Um, their main spinning option is Ashton Agar, as you remember, Ooh, as an English fan, his yeah. debut. Everyone loves Ashton Agar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 1998. Um, he's actually in his late 20s now, yeah. Ashton. Uh, and he's he's been a pretty good spinner. I thought he did well when he toured the subcon last time. Um, he's the main spinning option, it seems. Okay. So, so I think, Nathan Lyons, the backup. Again, I think all through this squad, there are a lot of holes. I mean, if they click, they'll do really well, but they probably won't altogether. I think, I think you're being a bit pessimistic, actually. I mean, look, I, I was interested to see... Very much so. <laughs> um, I saw that Ashton Agar was... It's apparently the new team's attack dog talking about reopening wounds as a classic... <laughs> he doesn't look like one, does he? He doesn't he look really it. Really but, doesn't but look. My wife bell. loves him. So who's, who's that bowling? He's so cute. <laughs> so he's the new attack dog in this nice new boy. pain era. So there you go. We'll live with that. But I think the reality is, look, you've still got some quality players in there. You talked about Aaron Finch, who's a dangerous one-day player. Ben Maxwell scratching for form, but he's still got you know mm-hmm. runs in his history. I think you'll struggle obviously to, to replace Warner's runs. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be the big key. But I, I, I think you know it's a good squad. England are obviously coming off the back of a defeat, um, and this game at the Oval is coming up pretty quickly. So I yeah. think it's good good time for both sides. You know, New Broome, 
and they want to, and the England team wants to sustain their number one status going into the World Cup. So it's interesting. So yeah. Australia will have its tallest ever fast bowler. I was going to say, you actually preempted me just now. I, was <laughs> I forgot Billy Stanley. Yeah, the Billy big pole. Yeah, Ricky Ponting um, has, has already marked him out for, for big things. Uh, do you expect him to play? I hope he plays. Mm. He's a very exciting quick bowler. Um, How quickly does he bowl, by the way? Like 150. Is he? So he's, but he's yeah. super tall. I mean, and he's, he's like super tall. Six foot eight he's almost seven feet high. Seven feet. Um, wow. So on a, a wicket that's doing a bit, he's, he'll be a real handful if he gets it in the right areas. Yeah. I think in England in the 220 tournament last year in Australia, right, the Tri Nations, he really struck. I mean, they'd never seen him before bowl, and he bowled, and he was like, whoa, this guy's like really all over me. Yeah. Um, so let's see how he does. I hope he plays. He's exciting, young guy. Michael Nessa. Nessa's a bit of a batsman as well. He plays up in my state of Queensland, of course. Right. Um, yeah, he's, he's not a bad one-day bowler, but he's handy with the bat. Okay. So what do we expect from England in terms of their selection, Toby? Are you um, expecting any big changes from the team that played Scotland? I, I don't expect huge changes. I think they'll probably drop a spinner. I think mm. the overall being, and I say this with an inverted commas for listeners that can't see me moving my fingers, um, mm. was one of the quickest pitches in England. I think the reality is, maybe this is a point we can pick up after this, mm. That you know the the, the drop in pitch culture, which doesn't exist in the Oval, by the way, but looking at innocuous pitches in in Scotland and other places where we play short form cricket, the real problem is flat doesn't do much wickets, and I think the Oval doesn't quite fall into that category and isn't quite the the, the whacker well, of England. None of these grounds are ever as quick as they used to be. And well, that's just Australia as well, right? The little drop you drop in in Perth. Or are right? we just getting old? It's just no, I mean, it's not as quick as it was in my back day. Back in my day, no, but, it, but back in the day, you knew what the SCG would do. It was a turning wicket, yeah, and everyone right. knew that. The, yeah. the MCG would keep low yeah. on the on, after the third and day, the so it was a challenge. Point. Like you knew yeah. that there was going to be a challenge in the pitch. Yeah. Whereas now, you go to like the MCG now, it's flat like batsman's paradise, which is boring. Right? Yeah, uh, it's no, it's no fun anymore. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the oval as well is, is not as quick. It's no, crazy. it's very benign now. I mean, it used to be the whacker of England, I guess, yeah. which, is, which is you know interesting. It's it's flat. Good. Dry, dusty. Uh, Edgbaston is no longer. Sorry, um, uh, up in Leeds is no longer. Uh, it's the same kind of pitch as it was. So we've well, seen that, the evolution of pitches. It's not been the same since Fred Truman's day. No, all boys, So look, I think back to the England selection. I don't think there'll be many major changes. I probably think uh, Rashid might be dropped and keep knowing for his runs okay. potentially. Um, and I'll pr- bring in another seamer. I don't know who they've got. I mean, they've got, uh, well, they've got Jake Ball walking around. I saw I saw Tom yes. Curran in Sydney in the uh, in the Ashes and I thought he was okay. I think probably a better ODI bowler than he is a Test bowler. Sure. Um, oh yeah, no question. You know, I don't think he's a Test bowler. Not when I not from what I saw. I don't think any of the Currans are. Yeah. I'm putting it out there. The Curran family should stay away from Test cricket. Yeah. Clearly, but you sure. can say the same about Kevin Curran as well, right? He was also a, a better limited overs player. I mean, what do you think about David Willey? I mean, he he. When he, the ball doesn't swing, I just think he really struggles. I mean, I, I know he comes off every now and again with a bat, but it looks like it's, I don't know, I, I worry about him as the opening option if the ball's not swinging. Right? Yeah, um, I saw him in uh, Calcutta last year in a one-day international, and he, I think he was in a reasonable amount of wickets. He was, he was decent. But again, there's nothing that you think, but wow, this guy's... the ball swinging a lot, right? It was, it was coming toward, there was dew in the air, it was yeah. a bit cold. Yeah, there was he's, a bit of help. I think when the ball's swinging, he's deadly. When it doesn't swing, he's just like a you know buffet bowler, yeah. I think. Help yourself. He's um, just like one of these conversation English bowlers to me. I'd like, I don't know who yeah. David Willey is, or Jake Ball. They're all very similar. I mean, they David Willey's yeah, left arm, yeah, which brings in a little bit they, of... They, they all seem to bowl at a similar speed, right? Yeah. With the oh, that's right. But they say Mark Wood's quick, but he doesn't really bowl much over 140, right? He used anymore. to be quick. Since his injury, his pace has dropped. He doesn't seem to 
And that's the problem. Yeah, We've talked about Billy Stanley, who's 10 foot tall, yeah. and you've got a little bit of variety there. I think the, the English bowlers are, are very much, and unfortunately, you know, drop it on a length and see if the pitch does anything. The pitch isn't doing anything anymore. Yeah. And the variety we talked about, the, Andrew Ty has got variety yeah. coming out of his paws. Yeah. There's no one that really can bowl that yeah. sort of mystery ball or something that's going to change a batsman's mind. They know what's coming and they can yeah. be on the pitch to, to get forward and, and, and score. And worried about getting hit, right? Really, at any pace. No, not with any pace. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think actually England should look maybe at, at freshening up the bowling attack a little bit. You know, we saw Don Bess um, in the Test Series. I can't imagine he would uh, embarrass himself in the one-day matches. Uh, I mean, that's well, and he, you know, he's, he's an excellent fielder. Mm. Uh, why not bring him into the squad? They will miss Ben Stokes. I think. He's the enforcer, That's, I think, and you know, like yeah. Flintoff was back in the day. Mm. He bowls a heavy ball. He's yeah, pretty he quick, play. and he's he's just got a presence of him which of none of the other bowlers have. So I think yeah. he's really big miss. Yeah, the energy in the field is something special, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So cool. Five one-day matches starting at the Oval and a T20. Five meaningless one-day matches. Yeah. I mean, how? <laughs> so let's have some predictions, uh, Darren. Your Jeez. prediction for the one-day series? Australia 5-0. Wow. No, <laughs> You're going the Glenn McGrath route. I think, yeah, the Glenn McGrath route. That's my objectivity. Um, <laughs> look, I, I think it's, you, you have to say England. Let's, let's say 4-1 England. Wow. Okay. Toby? I think Australia will win two, and England will win three, sandpaper permitting. Yes. They might be able to sandpaper can the fifth one. Yeah. 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 I'm <laughs> I'm going to go four-one England, um, and I'm going to say there will be one sledging incident. That will be. And who will be involved in sledging? We'll be talking about it. Um, I think <laughs> the attack dog think, and. Well, I, I don't. Think, I'm not sure he'll get on the field, but I'm hoping Nathan Lyon can can somehow impose. We himself. didn't talk about Nathan Lyon. Did we? He's, he's the, he is really the attack dog nowadays, right? His transformation from yes. from the groundsman. To fire breathing off spinner. Yeah, it's complete. Wait, um, just back to line. What? What? Why is he not front line spinner? Is a decision been taken that he's just not suited? Or I think he gets belted a bit. Um, I think Ashton has he's a left arm spinner. A lot of left arm batsmen. He, he gets a bit more variety. But yeah. I, I think he might play. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he, if they play both of them. If it's a bit of a dry wicket, a turning wicket. Why not? I mean, he's pretty accurate. I think it's his batting. Is, but is the, the worry? Issue. No, I don't think it's that's the issue. I think the worry is that he'll get like dominated by somebody. Like mm. if you look at. Um, the guys opening the batting for England, for example, they're getting stuck into him. I mean, I, I don't know if he's really got the armory. Mm-hmm. But let's see if, if, the, if the wicket's turning a bit, he could be very brutal handful. Yeah. And okay. he does have a bit, bit of an edge over the, um, the English team too. So let's see. Yeah. I hope he plays. He, he brings a certain amount of presence, yeah. I think. Yeah, we don't have a quality bowler. bowler. My biggest worry about Australia at the moment in both formats is we don't have a good wrist spinner. Yeah, um, good you, point. You need as much variety as you can. We just don't have the variety there. Good point. Okay. So shall we? Um, or if Rashid Khan can immigrate to Australia. <laughs> well, who knows? Stranger things have happened. They tried it with um, Farwan Ahmad, right? There was this big thing about Farwan yeah. Ahmad from Pakistan, you know, becoming an Australian citizen, which he is now, but he, he's never been picked because he's no. not really te- taking wickets in Australia. Yeah, he's he's not done enough. It's um, he's not quite become the Imran Tahir of Australia. <laughs> Imi. Yeah. Okay, so shall we move on at this point to? We shall. Afghanistan, mm. who will be playing their inaugural test match. This is a great story, um, a really feel-good story for a country that yeah, has has suffered so much, continues to suffer, uh, and yet their cricket team has, has done superbly, made it to the top 
Not full credit, as we said before, to the ICC, right, for, for, for also the funding as well. Yeah, you know, obviously it was really sad. There was a bomb um, at a cricket match recently yeah. in, in Jalalabad. Uh, but despite all of these kinds of uh, obstacles and hardships, they're going to play India in Bangalore. Uh, I think that starts tomorrow, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Um, Afghanistan have nothing to lose here, yeah. uh, clearly. Their captain um, has come out, Asghar Stanikzai, has come out. I like his attitude. He's come out and he's said, Trash talking. Already, already, why wait? We have better spinners than India. Um, he could be right. I think he could be I right. I mean, what do you think? It's a big call. Um, <laughs> it's a big call given that uh, Jadeja and Ashwin are ranked four and five. Well, I think, it's a big, I think it's a big call on Indian wickets, right? Um, yeah. I think if they were, let's say they were playing in a different country, I, I would probably prefer Rashid Khan and Mujib or Rahman, right? Mm. And Nabi, um, Mohammed Nabi. You know, I mean, I think, I don't know about England, I don't recall exactly, but uh, the spinners from India have toured many times to Australia and done nothing, really. Ravi Ashwin, yeah. uh, Jadeja, they just don't, can't get wickets, they don't know how to That's, bowl in Australian yeah. conditions, for example. I don't know about England, they, have they taken wickets there? Um, no. It's usually the pace guys right. who are terrorising this batting, so not really. No. In, 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 Indians, these two Indians. So I would say in all conditions, potentially Afghanistan. I mean, let's be honest, it's potential. Afghanistan spinners have been proven in, you know, in test match cricket before, so we don't know, right? Right. But potentially they could be quite dangerous. But that's because they're risk spinners, right? What's, that's what's the wicket what do saying. at Bangalore? Are we talking a big Bunsen burner or is it actually bit, quite flat? Uh, it'll, it moves a bit, right? It, it'll turn. It's not the, it's not the slowest and the lowest yeah. Indian wicket by any means. Baseballers do. There'll be something there for the pace bowlers, not, not a huge amount, uh, but there'll be something there. Uh, but but have, you, you have to play two spinners. They have by far the strongest bowling lineup though in India, let's be honest, with the fast bowlers, Sidney Machado, Mahamashami. They've dropped, well no actually, so Mahamashami's not playing, he's failed a fitness test again, um, so he's you know he's he's really struggling with injuries. Mm -hmm. uh, Jasprit Bumrah uh, and yeah, Bhuvneshwar out. Kumar are both being rested. Um, so the big questions for India, assuming they play Jadeja and Ashwin, which actually is a big if because even though those two are ranked four and five in the world, the question is whether India might start looking at bringing in their wrist spinners, um, yeah. Kuldeep Yadav, Rizvendra yeah, Chahal, who have both, I mean, kind of been bowling better than the finger spinners. Yeah. And, you know, what do you call it? Macro trends are supporting the rise of the wrist spinners these days yeah. compared to the, the finger spinners. I mean, let's be honest, a lot of pressure on. Ajika Rahani as well, right? Captain. I mean, if I was if I was out there sledging, I'd be sort of going for him. I mean, obviously, Brad Coley's out of the team. Yeah. Um, so is Rohit Sharma. So he, he, it's on him, yeah. right? Well, if he loses, if he loses to Afghanistan, it's a big deal. So I, I'm sure the um, fielding team, when he's batting, will be going at him big time. Yeah, I mean, India have a number of selection questions. I don't think Afghanistan have many. They kind of... Uh, they don't really they, have many options. They Well, yeah, they, they know who they're going to play. That's right. India, um, they have questions at the top, so they've, they've got to decide on... Two openers out of Vijay, Shikhar and Rahul. Um, they their wiki keeper is, is out. Uh, Saha he's injured, so they brought back Dinesh Karthik. Oh, yeah, Dinesh Karthik. Uh, Fifteen years after his Test debut, um, Dinesh Karthik is set to play his twenty fourth Test match. And the record is between debut and, and second. Well, not match. just that. This is his sixth comeback. Which has got to be some sort of a record. Like, like Tim Payne. Yeah. <laughs> it's always wicket keepers as well, right? Because, you know, there's only yes. one wicket keeper. That's so right. So, gonna, yeah. so back to your opening question, who will open? I mean, Darwin's a shoe, isn't he? No. He's no, I think he's actually in the weakest. So you think Rahul and Vijay? 
Well, I, I mean, if it was up to me, it would be Rahul and Vijay. Mm. Um, but as as you know, it's not up to me. Gee, Rahul, was sensational. <laughs> no, it, it Rahul was sensational in the IPL. I mean, he really was. He really was, yeah, but he, he didn't do so well in South Africa. Yeah. Uh, although he missed out on the first test. Which but these are his home conditions, let's not forget. These are not bouncing, steaming South African wickets. What I think might happen is they may put Rahul in at four um, and give him Kohli's spot, let Dawan and Vijay open. Uh, and then kind of defer that call. I mean, Pajara's a shoo-in for sure, isn't he? Of course, Pajara at three, Rahane at five. Yeah. Uh, and then the wicketkeeper or Hardik Pandya mm. at six, seven. They'll interchange. Yeah. Then you've got presumably Ashwin and Jadeja mm. um, at eight and nine. Then the question is, you have four pace bowlers. Um, Umesh Yadav, Ishant Sharma, um, Navdeep Saini. Well, if you choose Pandya, you might go with one other fast bowler, right? Uh, no, they'll play. They'll play two. I suspect they'll have a five-man attack with three, three post bowlers. So the question is, who are the two? I mean, Umesh Yadav, I think, will definitely play. I suspect it will be Ishant Sharma because he's been bowling well. He's uh, really, he's even had a tight side all the time. Isn't he, he is, but he's had a good county stint, oh, and he? they may think they need to reward him for that. I right? like him a lot as a as a bowler. I mean, I've been mean, working over Ricky Ponting. Several summers yeah, ago. Yeah, but that was one over, Darren. No, no, right? that was one over. He's I lived think, off that no, one no, over. No, he did it. He did. It. He's inconsistent. That's the problem. It when he gets it right, he's a great bowler. But he doesn't get it right enough. But he's got. I mean, out of all the Indian pace bowlers, when he gets it right, he's like on song. Well, apart from my friend Jasper, I do. I am a Jasper Bumrah fan. I how, how close? How, how taking this match in context, the selectors mm-hmm. in India are they? Using this as a test bed for for blooding new Very talent, good. or are they using it as real proper prep for England with? Obviously, Mohammed um, Shami being rested with an eye on England. What's what's the kind of the focus for the selectors? Do you think is it very much that let's get these guys up and running, or let's get some new guys in? Yeah, that, that's future? that's the question. And honestly, it's not clear from the squad uh, mm-hmm. because they could go in one direction. Let, let's let's be honest. It's a one-off test against mm-hmm. Afghanistan, India. It, it's not going to help one iota towards the the England tour. I don't think at all. So this is really to see who's. Got I think they've just got to play the test, and they're going to work out who's available. Like a lot of guys are not yeah. playing, right? So. They just want to get it out of the way, I think. That's what yeah. I think. And for Afghanistan, you know, they're obviously dangerous in, in a one-day perspective. This is the first test. How do you think they will transfer that exciting, bubbling talent from the one-day short form to a test? This is their first real major... I don't think it'll be as challenging as as perhaps some people might think, really. Because I think Afghanistan have got um, some quality players, players who are good, who will be good in the longer format, particularly on the bowling side. Particularly the bowlers. Yeah, the um, batting worries me a lot. Yeah, the batting is a worry, uh, but you know they've got they have a lot of energy. They'll, they'll have a lot to prove. But they want to win the toss, wouldn't they? Yeah, they're trying to get a score on the board. The other thing I think with Afghanistan is every challenge that, that they have met, they That's have right. met That's true. with a, a measure of a plum, right? So I don't yeah. think they've got. There's a great kind of infographic, sort of info mm, story on yeah. ESPN cricket. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it yet about the story of the Af- Afghanistan team. Sort of, sort of playing on the border with Pakistan and the refugee camps mm-hmm. and how they sort of made their scrape their way into fifth division and then fourth and third and second and now they've, they've got like sort of full test status. Yeah. It's a great story. Um, check it out on ESPN Cricket Info. It's yeah, they, cool. they've passed every they have. sort of so, you know, test. Scotland, take note. Yeah, with flying colours. Well, they're, I mean, they're ahead of, of Scotland, really, now. Well, they? that is another you know, shining light where they could, they could really get behind. So I think they, you know, them and Ireland have done fantastically yeah. well in the last three years. Coming back to India, though, I would... I would Take some issue though with in the sort of this idea that they, they they may not read too much into the into the results here. They they've picked a couple of bowlers who've never played um, for India: Shadul Thakur and Navdeep Saini, True. both of whom are 
quick bonus, because particularly Saini is one of these players who's just kind of been fast-tracked in the team, hasn't played a lot of first-class cricket. Miss friend is he? Is, <laughs> maybe he's Suresh Rinder's about it. Is, <laughs> is, he, is he friends with Arjun, son of Session? <laughs> maybe, I'm not sure Arjun has, has, has many friends. Uh, what do you make of Shadow Akhtar? I, I, I don't mind him. I think he had some good moments in the IPL, but I think other, in other areas he's kind of smashed around a bit. I think I'm, I'm more interested in Navdeep Saini. He looks, he's tall, he's, he bowls upwards of, of 140 regularly. Um, you know, he, he looks, and you know, he's from that same sort of background as Mohammed Shami, kind of Delhi fast bowler uh, who can move the ball both ways. So I'm more interested in him. And, and the question is whether they'll play any of those two or whether they'll stick with, I mean, Umesh Shana has to play, I think. He's, he's been bowling really well in the IPL. Mm-hmm. He's bowled well whenever he's played for India recently. Yeah, he's got a real um, expector about him. Yeah, I, I really like him. I think yeah, he should I play do. more. It's, it's really down to whether they play Ishan Sharma, I guess, or, or bring in one of these other pace bowlers. In the batting, I think it's fairly settled now. They're going to they're, they're gonna, um, go probably with, with the three openers. Or if they don't go with the three openers, then um, I guess it opens opens a spot for another batsman. I'm not entirely sure who they have mm. that they will bring in. Because uh, oh, it, it would be current nine. Who, in his um, yeah. his maiden test, of course, scored a triple century, and um, so he's got a great average. If just, nothing just else, a, just a lazy, <laughs> lazy three hundred. Yeah, he hasn't done much since then. That was seventeen months ago. It's hilarious. So this will be his comeback. And he's dropped. He was dropped because he didn't do much. After. Wow, really? Yeah, he yeah, dropped he off played, a triple century. Well, he he he, bad, he played against. Um, an abundance of riches. Wouldn't you love to have that? Amazing. Yeah, he played against Australia. He didn't do so well, I think. So then, then he yeah. was dropped. Uh, that's kind of amazing, though. What do you think of that? Maybe they choked him too much. Maybe. Um, so anyway, I mean, the, the interesting thing with this test is, I think, for Afghanistan, they've got nothing to lose. I think everyone watching, even, well, actually, no, I'm sure that the most diehard Indian fan wouldn't agree with this sentiment. But I think no one wants to see Afghanistan Pasted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you think people will watch this? Will there be a decent crowd, or do you think it'll be pretty much TV only? And no, definitely not on the weekdays. I mean, it, it, it's hard to attract. You know, Indian grounds are not pleasant places to go at the best of times. This is a this is so we can segue here. I keep, I keep hearing about this. Yeah. Well, you should. We we'll, need we'll to go, go to a VIP box, though. Apparently, that's all right. I, I have been to a VIP box and Indian Test match. And it wasn't good. It's it's very nice. But you're in a, like an air-conditioned... It sounds like India all over, right? Capsule. You're in a nice hotel or VIP area. You're kind of detached from the noise. Which is not good, yeah. Which, so you're in this like air-conditioned box. But the great thing is the food never stops. Exactly. You're just kind of... There's just this kind just of... Just like lords. They just wheel these trays in, just piled high. With just... None and... Yeah, amazing food. Bombay, and, um, Bombay duck and butter chicken and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. Kingfisher beer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> early for this chat. <laughs> I'm hungry now. <laughs> it sounds amazing. Some, some good Indian restaurants in this facility. If anybody out there would like say. to offer the cricket ultras. <laughs> we, we, we should go to uh, a test match in India. Um, we, we can get into a VIP box. Not particularly difficult. I know we can. Um, we can but actually what I did is I left the box and went into... I, went, I took my dad to watch... Um, England, India, in uh, left the box and mingled with the people. Twelve, <laughs> the great unwashed for ten minutes, the great, and then the, great the proletariat. <laughs> My dad was was completely at home with them. I wouldn't necessarily say the same about me, brought up in in, in Hong Kong, in, in the air conditioned environs of the big city. Mm. Um, but 
you you miss out, I think, in the VIP boxes that in the intestinal match. The problem is that and this was Bombay, which has a nice ground. Uh, Bangalore is, is is actually a really interesting uh, kind of cauldron, um, mm. but not not necessarily the most comfortable ground. Uh, better than some, but it won't get a big a big uh, attendance on the weekdays. But this gives us a, a nice segue to um, to Kevin Peterson's lecture delivered <laughs> yesterday. Just the fact that him giving a lecture was funny. Yeah, although he, he so he, Kevin Peterson gave the Pataudi lecture, uh, and this caused some controversy actually because uh, there were some some factions in the Indian cricket establishment who questioned a foreigner, a foreigner right. giving the lecture and wondered why this happened. Anyway, he did pretty well. He's not he's not an idiot. I think the, the uh, sort of popular image of KP. Um, well, let's be honest. He had someone helping write the speech. Right, he didn't write himself. Yeah, probably. You think he had a good PR? Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no way he wrote this speech himself. Come on. Okay. He wrote it with somebody, probably. But they're his uh, sentiments, you would think. Well, hopefully. But <laughs> no. I think with, with, with Peterson, I didn't hear the lecture, I'm afraid, I was on, on mm. flight yesterday, but I think Kevin Peterson, more broadly, is full swing carving out a new career for himself. He's very totally heavily is. involved in uh, rhino conservation. Uh, which is interesting. He's got a new bat brand and he wears baseball caps with this with his branding on for, for rhino conservation. So that's one part of his new interest portfolio. Right. Right. The other part is obviously the media career. Right. Um, and I think he's trying to present himself in, you know, as a tell it like it is kind of character, mm-hmm. but fair but firm. And I think these lectures are, you know, if I was his publicist, I'd say get yourself on these lectures and it just delivers a little bit more Gravitas to his. Yeah, totally. Uh, he's carved out his brand, right? You guys are so cynical. No, it's, it's a brand it's exercise. Like, no, they do, but they have managers, they have publishers, they sit down together and think about what they're gonna, how they're gonna talk about themselves. You've out cynicked me. And Michael, <laughs> Michael Vaughan as well, right? He's obviously carved out this thing to say, I'm, I'm gonna. And it's worked, it, right? It works, right? right? And people respond to it, and he gets a lot of engagement on his social feeds. Yeah. I and that's what it's about these days. But he's also got that contract in Australia, right, with the right. new Fox right. uh, deal in TV. So, so it I works. think we're not saying he's not authentic, but he needs help. You know, he's, mm-hmm. I think it's what Kevin Peterson thinks, but it's also about how do you shape your career, right, as a brand? How are you gonna, what are you going to talk about? What are you going to gravitate towards? Mm-hmm. Because also when you're this level, Kevin Peterson, he's getting pulled left, right, and center to do endorsement for this or do that, mm-hmm. but he wants to do what he wants to do, right? So I think he needs to have people around him that actually mm-hmm. guide him and help him. Well, he him. seems to be doing it, doing it well, though, right? I guess he's, you know. I think coming across as authentic, everybody yeah. knows he's a relatively abrasive character. Yeah. But he, he seems to be transcending that into his new career in a reasonably controlled way. Which I, I, I still remember the on um, the Big Bash when there was he was on comms with um, Mark War. Yeah, he's very good. And he just said to him, like, he just said, he talked, they had the, the camera on the While box. he's on the, on yeah, the pitch. No, no, with Mark War and Kevin Pitts were in the commentary box. Oh, the commentary right, right. Big Bash game. And they're talking about Glenn Maxwell, because there was a whole, this whole talk about Glenn Maxwell. And he, and he looked at him and said, Junior, seriously. He should be in your team first pick every time, but you don't play him as outrageous. And Mark Wall was just like sitting there going, uh. Do you, do you okay. recall who he was referring to? Yeah, Glenn Maxwell. Oh, Glenn Maxwell, right. Yeah. yeah. And he just like just sort of sort of put him on the spot and said, like, you're kidding me, right? He must yeah. be your first pick. I like that. Every, no that. other team wants to play Glenn Maxwell. Yeah. They worry when they see him in the team, right? He goes, You're kidding me. He's like, ah. He doesn't train. So it's fun. I mean, it's great to have him on comms. He's always said something entertaining and interesting. Yeah, I like I think he goes down better in Australia than he does in England. Oh, everywhere. He goes down better everywhere. They love him in India. He's been taken to a few people's I just think in England, especially when he was a player, you know, you could see that kind of attitude. What he did when he was a player, I mean, sending out like messages to the South African team and all that kind of stuff, that's that's pretty crappy, right? I I thought it was was pretty hilarious. Um, But you could see that kind of attitude. 
would rub, you know, Alistair Cook and, and the kind of suits of the ECB the wrong way, right? That kind of directness yeah. uh, in team meetings if he's sort of saying, well, this is just nonsense. And, and I think he's relishing the, the chance to sort of poke his finger in their eye a bit now. He's got oh, yeah. this global freelance role, roving yeah. role and he's, so he's, he's loving it. So good fair play. But coming back to the lecture... He, uh, what he thought, what he said, sorry, I thought was... The M.A.K. Atari. Yeah, I thought he was actually on the money. He, um, he said, we shouldn't just assume that T20 is the future of cricket. We've got to, um, we've got to really build test cricket. Um, but to do that requires commerce and money, something KP knows a thing or two about. Uh, he's <laughs> definitely his, not his agents, his agents do. He's not averse to the odd payday around the world. Um, but he said, you know, it needs um, it needs cheerleaders, it needs fireworks, it needs more day-night cricket, and it needs players who are being paid the same as they are in in T20 tournaments. Well, I think he made a great, good point, not in this lecture particularly, but I remember a couple of years ago he said that I think that the reason why he's become so popular and uh, drive his career is because he played test cricket first. Yeah, I think right. Michael Vaughan is very similar. No matter if you play 220 after, but I think having that sort of gravitas in, in a test match player, mm. it does elevate you to a different level. And I think that's what he's worried about, perhaps with Rashid Khan and these guys. They just only play T20, they don't yeah. play test cricket. Because mm -hmm. um, it's also good for their longevity as well, right? I think at the moment we're, we're at the point where we have the, the very last generation of cricketers that grow up wanting to play tests first. I think now it's starting to twi twist where you're seeing people getting into it purely for the short form because they see the money, Razzmatazz and the um, mm. and the fun and excitement or the perceived the fun and excitement. Is the main thing. But I the test matches come across as quite pedestrian in comparison. Whereas I think the old, yeah. older school will see them as being the ultimate test of any cricketer. It's a return on investment, though, isn't it? Think about it. If you're a, yeah. we've talked about this before. If you're a cricketer, you can earn this much doing this much work right. versus this much doing a lot more work. And the equation, if if you become a T Twenty mercenary, uh, which is you know it's a harsh way to refer to them. But you can earn a lot more money playing T20 tournaments now. Well, it depends which country you come from. I You've got to work a lot harder to become a top-level test player. And then, and then you kind of turn that into, well, into the big mercenary. So I think for a lot of people, it's, it's about being the best they can be at their chosen sport, right? Yeah. Or their chosen field, right? Which is, they, they see test cricket as the ultimate sport, right? Mm -hmm. And yes, they might play IPL and other things. So if you're from Australia or from India mm -hmm. or from England or South Africa to a lesser degree, you can afford to play test cricket only and have an extremely good life. If, you get first well. if you're from Afghanistan, you can't. Right. So the natural, yeah, the natural yeah. thing is to try and look for those T20. West Indies is very similar. Yeah. Right? So you want to be where the action is, right? Like Australian golfers going to play in the US or whatever. You, it's not going to be in Australia a big enough field there for golfers, for example. So you need to go to the US and play. Yeah. The only thing I'd say, though, is if you're not going to get into the Australian or Indian or English test side, right? if you're not in that top 15, then what we're seeing is those players are prioritizing T20. You mean like Adel Rashid? Exactly, okay. people like that. Sure. And you see that in Australia too, right? There are now some T20 specialists. Yeah, I like, I like Toby's point though, sort of doing a deep dive into that next generation of cricketers and what mm -hmm. they really think about. I mean, we can probably talk about this in another episode, but I think mm -hmm. that's really interesting. Like, what do they aspire to now? Do they still want to go on a test or do they want to go into T20, right? I, I, I mean, I, I just wonder if it does come down to the economic argument. It's it's so, it's very hard for these players to make it into that upper echelon of Test cricket in those countries, right? Because there's a lot of players, a lot of competition, and so for them, it's easier to make sure. money traveling the world playing T20. 
Well, it's like rugby and rugby sevens, right? Yeah. Um, rugby sevens now is a pretty good tournament around the world. You can make your living just playing rugby sevens. And so people probably figure, figure to themselves, I can play 15s, right? Rugby. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not quite good enough, but I'm speedy, so I'll go for sevens and I'll play in sevens, right? So you have an option there, I think. And that's, that, that's natural, I think. And that's okay. Yeah. yeah, and that maybe at some point in their careers, they will meet that question, right? Am I going to prioritize the longer form at this point and really go for it? Or... Should I go and play this Canadian Premier League? Oh, with Steve Smith. I, I think more well, broadly, back to the, the, the long and short form, if you look at the English summer season at the moment, there's mm-hmm. a huge hole in the middle where there's no county championship. I know. And yeah, it looks like Cook and Anderson time. are going to have to be loaned to Surrey to prep for the India <laughs> series. That's really? how ridiculous it's become. That's crazy. And I, know, I don't want to sound like Jeffrey Boycott with his too much cricket, yeah. but there's, there's, there's lots of different forms. And, and I think what we're struggling yeah. to do is how do we assimilate those different forms in a, in a smooth way where we get a proper season. At the moment, yeah. you've got long form at the beginning, bookended by a long form at the end, and then everything in the middle. Are in England in September or something? Like August? Yeah, it'll be the latest yeah, finish to a test Indian, series the, ever. The, Lords, the India England Lords is in August, and the test series finishes in September. Mid-September, which is very late in England. It'll be freezing cold. It will be cold. Totally, it's weird. So it's got a bit weird. So I think, to the back to the original point, I think we've got lots of cricket going on, lots of cricket that younger folks want to get into more than maybe the longer form. I think there's going to be an inflection point somewhere where going to have to decide what, what stays and goes because you, otherwise you'd be playing all year round which yeah. is not possible too much of a good thing I guess yeah. alright excellent well we should probably call that a day for our 20th if it is in fact <laughs> our 20th potentially our 19th episode oh one bit of feedback we got from um, from last week we were, we were discussing famous cricketing families it was very in-depth exploration <laughs> well thought through random questions thrown out to me thanks uh, we we were informed by by Tim Gilkison, regular cricket ultras listener, that we forgot the Bestos, who um, who oh, are of course. course yeah, and in fact that's quite a sad story of course because um, Besto senior uh, yes. uh, did did take his own life yes um, so rest in peace. yeah so rest in peace um, and the Willies the Willies yeah yeah I forgot the Willies yeah any other cricketing families we didn't. I, I, I apologise, I was on the road last week, so I don't know if you no ticked off. We, 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 did, the we did the Currens. We did the Currens, we the did the Marshes, we did the Mandrakers, we did the Ted Dawkers, that was what sparked Oh, it. I see. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm rapidly thinking through. I think you've covered most of the big big ones. And we did Compton's We well. did Boycott and his uh, grandmother. We didn't actually do <laughs> 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 stick of room bar. Bar. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thank you, Toby. Uh, thank you, Darren. Um, we'll be back next week. Thanks, everyone.